Welcome to Art Meet Offspring. I'm Monica Flory. Here we talk about how to make art with kids around and mind the habits of creative people to figure out how to make parenting easier and more fun. Today I'm in conversation with Joe Adachi. Joe Adachi is an artist and educator based in Bucks County, Pennsylvania. Joe received a Master of Fine Arts from the School of Visual Arts and a Bachelor of Fine Arts from the University of Notre Dame. He has exhibited in a wide range of venues, such as the South Bend Regional Museum of Art in Indiana and the Queens Museum of Art in New York City. He currently maintains a studio in Yardley, PA, and teaches painting and drawing at George School, a private Quaker boarding and day high school. Our conversation starts in a moment. Joe Adachi, welcome to Art Meet Offspring. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here today. First off, we would love to hear about the kind of art you make. So um, my work is figurative painting. Um, I usually do oil painting, um, portraiture or narrative work. Uh, that that's the type of work that I do recognizable subject matter people that I know acting in a role so in, in some ways um, connected to plays I guess I love dramatic lighting and you know I enjoy seeing seeing different kinds of lighting when I go to plays and that's a sort of nod to your work right here <laughs> as a playwright I love to hear and that. director <laughs> I love to hear that and please tell us what you'd like us to know about your family so I, I have an amazing wife that's uh, supportive of art, and I have three kids, uh, Kai, Finn, and Shay, 10, 7, and 5-year-old. Also, um, you know, very um, engaged in the arts, you know, athletic, just, um, yeah, a busy household. <laughs> Sounds like a busy household. <laughs> so... Um, how do you feel that becoming a parent has impacted your artistic work? I, I think it's um, profoundly, really. Um, Pre-kids, it, it was sort of more about, I think, nostalgia or, you know, human connection um, through my own lens. And a lot of the work that I was doing was sort of late night work. Um, I just wanted a big chunk of time to, you know, do work and there was no, um, care or thought about, um, time management or budgeting. It was just kind of like when, when I had the moment to do it, or if I felt compelled to do it, you know, I, I could just do the work and sleep. I could make up later. Um, <laughs> this, um, that, that's the work wise, not, um, concept or approach wise, but now you know, as you know, having kids, you can't stay up to late at night or take a big chunk of time because you have to balance that. So fundamentally, you know, in the, in the functioning as a human being, I think that has changed um, and work-wise that has changed. And I think that that's, uh, that's pretty normal, I think, for parents to go through. Um, work, artwork-wise, I, I think two factors has, have changed the way that I approach work. Uh, one is that you 
know, I'm an educator, so I teach high school art. So before having kids and before being a um, high school art teacher, um, the artwork was about more about my needs. But now as an educator and also, you know, educating my own kids, I often think about like, how can this relate to my work, relate to an educational aspect? So I have this viewpoint of um, not so much of like, I want it on a wall in a museum or in a household, but like the process, how does that relate to the work that I do and how does that relate to um, how I present it to my kids? So I, I think about each step and I think about how I'm approaching it. So it's not um, just, just doing the work and not thinking about it. Like each step, like, you know, I look at it through that lens of being a parent and an educator. Um, and I've never been one to do anything shocking in my work anyway, so I think it translates <laughs> pretty well. Um, so that, you know, my subject um, has changed from, um, I, I guess it's still the same, but like more uh, family oriented or uh, what's impacting, you know, families or culture um, has been my thought process. And responsibility has come in too, I think. Um, you know, before it was just, um, hey, I'm gonna do a portrait of this lone person walking at night or something. And now not um, directly in your face kind of symbolism, but I, I start thinking about, you know, political situation or identity and race or different things very, very subtly because um, as an educator, I don't want to push my ideas on others, but if they recognize it, I want people to be able to see that, you know, there's an underlying structure in the work that is kind of saying maybe these things should be thought about. Um, and I'm being very vague here too, because I don't want to, you know, pu push my ideas onto anybody, um, even in the conversation. How do you choose the subjects that you are going to paint? It, it depends. Um, if I could take my advice I give to my students, I think I, I would be doing a great job, but it's, it's a hard thing, Art, because it's not just about concept, but personal connection. And to me, you know, um, I won't define art, what it is for others or what it should be, but for me in, in the art process, it has to be something that I'm passionate about or something that I connect to emotionally. So sometimes it's, it's more about logic and sometimes it's just, you know, um, you're going for a walk or strangely when you're taking a shower, you have this aha moment and you just want to approach it <laughs> and then you just kind of build from there. Um, so that, that sort of inspirational moments are there. Um, but also, um, I think I'm hugely affected by, um, things that are happening around me, whether that might be just like local community or a grand scheme in the world and the world affecting me um, has been more a part of it now in my thought process. I haven't made work yet. I tend to be really, really slow um, with the development of my ideas, right? Um, it probably doesn't go very well for the modern times where people are just popping things out on a daily basis on Instagram or TikTok or whatever social media that they use. But um, for example, I'm looking back at the ideas that I had 10, 15 years ago uh, that's been marinating that I approached a couple times and trying to refine that because I feel like now um, it had time for it to sit and I could kind of look back at it, um, what I was thinking at the time and how that affected me and then, you know, kind of filter some of my ideas through and create that work now. And I think it would be a much more mature piece, if that makes sense. 
So mm -hmm. yeah, I've been pulling out a few old paintings and sort of editing them, editing, you know, the thought process right now. Joe, what would you like your students to know or understand about process? I want my students to know there, there's this concept that uh, is hugely embedded in society that says you're born with a talent of art with art or you don't have it. So I think often people say I can't do anything but a stick figure um, and they feel like they need to be touched by some divine energy, right? Like there's that <laughs> image of like uh, God touching Michelangelo or Da Vinci <laughs> and then, then they're blessed with this ability. Um, and I, I think that's hugely misleading. And I want my students to know that we all have artistic ability that can be nurtured and that we could um, attain the aesthetic that we love by practice, right? By um, uh, continuing to practice what you want to do and to get better at it. Um, and lately, I, I really realized I often talk about sports when students are struggling. Um, you know, it's kind of like practice and this isn't like the final game. These drawings are practices so that when you're ready to express yourself and you reach that higher level, then you can bring your A game in with all the failures and practices that you've done um, to that level. And, and I just recently really realized why if you look at any of the ads for sports or sports apparel, they're, they're always, it's never about like, hey, you're gonna be the next Michael Jordan or Messi or Ronaldo or any of these high athletes. It's always like, you know, Nike is like, just do it. And it's somebody mm -hmm. jogging with shoes and it's just sort of idea that, you know, you can do it if you try and if you work harder, you get better and healthier. And that idea with athletics is always, you know, push, but it's not with the arts. The arts is just kind of like you're born with it or not. Um, also coupled with the idea that um, you're not going to make any money if you're in the arts, right? Um, the career is limited. And that's also, I think, a false notion of like the starving artists. Many successful artists are not starving. <laughs> and many are, you know, um, parents like us and many are um, doing a bunch of different things um, in the work. So that, that's something that I want students to know is that everybody has artistic abilities and that you don't have to become a professional, but you can nurture it and then you could express yourself through it. So that, that's a profound change, I, I think, having kids and um, teaching for, you know, in almost two decades <laughs> have uh, uh, brought to my attention. Um, initially, I thought I was going to teach these like art students that are committed to just like painting. But now I'm realizing that it's a broader well-being um, of creativity, I think, adds on to students. And um, I'm going to keep going. Is that all right? <laughs> because you, you you struck a chord on, on this one. Um, Please. I, I also think people separate academic subjects way too much and I think they all kind of relate together and when you sort of decompress your thoughts it, it comes out as a uh, in, in a creative way that it all kind of combines together so I, I don't I, I think it's it's kind of silly to separate math English science art all those things um, I think you need to be good at all of them in order to be you know success in what you're trying to do whether that you know you're going to be a lawyer a doctor or a scientist and I 
I, I think it's interesting that Nobel Prize winners, when they look at how many of them are participating in the arts, I think there's a high percentage of performing artists that, um, that are scientists that do well and followed by visual artists. And I think there's something to be said about using a different part of your personality brain. And also I think it helps to make presentation and human contact with others when you, when you practice the art. So if you're a great scientist, but you can't communicate it, then nobody's going to know about your great science. Um, but if you're in the performing arts, then I think you could present it in a really interesting way. And same with the visuals. If you just start putting datas up on the, um, the screen, I see it in my students, right? You put it up on the screen and it's all like data or words, you've lost them. But if you make it engaging visually or um, in a performative way, then they pay attention, then they're interested in it, and then um, it becomes something a little more um, understandable or approachable. So I think uh, arts, it, it plays a significant role no matter what you decide to do. And I think it, it, it's constantly proven, you know, um, I know I think the Met had a program for med students to come in and look at paintings to be able to identify emotion, right? Um, so that they could take that practice into meeting with patient and identifying subtleties in the emotion that they see, but they could practice it with the painting. Um, so it, it, it's a shame in some areas they separate art and say it's not as important because I think every society that shows um, greatness also is showing it through their arts, right? You know. <laughs> plays and uh, visual arts and sculptures. So if we want our kids to do um, well in society, if you want to grow a successful society and successful kids, I think art is a must, but not without the other subjects. I think it goes the other way around, right? Students want to go to art school because they don't want to do math and English. And I, I feel like that's also a huge mistake. Um, I think that part needs to be also respected. How has being an artist shaped your parenting? For me, um, I'm going to dive into something a little more personal, I guess, but um, by my father's Japanese and my mom's American. So I had this like dual cultural identity that kind of goes against, um, not goes against, but like it, there's not one place where the identity was. Um, and I think I'm seeing that a lot more even currently. I think Asian American um, issues are coming up with the violence and the political politicization of like the, um, the vaccination and everything. It's just unfortunate time. But I think that um, it's one thing that I was listening to um, through NPR was adopted um, Asian Americans feeling like they don't have anybody to talk to, not even their parents, because they appear Asian, but, you know, inside they don't, and they didn't have a place where they could go. So they, you know, fortunately now there's a place where you could go online and find people in a similar situation that they could talk to each other. But I, I, I find that, you know, with some of my students, I've had, you know, conversation about these kind of things. I'm not adopted, but, um, pre-internet time, there wasn't anybody that I could really talk to that had, in a similar situation, right? I'm in one country, I'm a foreigner, and you go to the other country, then you're a foreigner. So it's just kind of like, well, I'm just me. And through that, and this is where I'm coming back to, being an artist became, you know, my identity, I think. Um, um, naively, when I was young, I thought 
making a visual art piece, creating a language through that transcends language because you could look at it through the visual and, <laughs> um, mm. <laughs> and then you could communicate in that way. And I think it's a lot more complex than that, but that was my, you know, early teenage um, um, philosophy, I guess, in the art. And so I, I think every decision that I make is tied into being an artist or identifying as an artist. So how does it impact um, how my parenting in every aspect is in the in the short way of thinking about it and I think my kids also understand that too they're proud to make art and they show show it to me and they right away say I'm a teacher and artist and and they know that I have a studio space and you know I'm often showing them different materials and trying to get them excited and you know um, take them to museums there was before the COVID and the pandemic there was a one weekend um, my middle son, I think he might have been like four at the time or five. He said, Dad, when are we going to a museum again? He's like, I miss going to a museum. And I was like, oh, I'll take you soon, buddy. And then the pandemic hit. But um, that was a huge win for me um, because I remember as a kid not wanting to go to a museum. It was a boring place. But uh, my kids, um, hopefully I could bring that back. But they had this sort of uh, joy of looking at different art pieces. And I also um, um, think about it a lot in terms of um, how I teach art. So I, I think about it as bite-sized things that kids could manage so they don't get overwhelmed. And that sort of thought process of making art and explaining it kind of, I think, goes into the way that I, you know, present things to kids, um, my kids, that is. Do your kids join you in the studio while you're working? <laughs> um, <laughs> yes and no. So I do bring them in for sessions of um, like, I, I have a drafting table behind me. Um, so I might, while I'm working, have my daughter do something and I might talk to her about it. But when, when they're in here, it's not as much of a focused session for me. It's sort of like it becomes like a collaborative or like a small educational session. So I'll bring them in and show them stuff. Like lately I've gotten into like using fountain pens and calligraphy. There's something about um, the lost art, right? Because everything is typing. So I'm trying to show them and try having them try things out. Um, so those moments happen in my studio. But if I'm in a painting session, I'll be like, you know, not right now. Although most of my painting session happens when they're occupied with something else, so they don't, they don't come and bother me. <laughs> yeah. So as a parent artist, how do you manage to get your work done? Um, that, that's also a really great question. And um, I, a lot more planning, I think, and also um, prior to kids, like I was saying earlier, I'll paint throughout the night or I'll have four hour chunks of time. You know, if my wife uh, um, had like a meeting or something, I'd be like, all right, I'm going to turn the phone off. I'll, I'll be painting for four hours. You know, I'll see you when you come home. Now that aspect is gone, right? Occasionally on a weekend, I might be able to do that or, you know, Friday night. But um, my, you know, sleeping cycle has changed that I can't stay up as, as late. Um, so... I've been doing a lot of thinking about um, 
adopting to the situation. So, um, you know, shorter sessions in between times, like 20 minutes, um, and also using times downtime as like planning out ideas or shuffling through image sources to think about how are you gonna approach the work so when I do have that time, I'm ready instead of sitting there and trying to figure it out. Um, and also, um, I used to be solely just uh, oil painting um, enthusiast uh, painter. So now I'm approaching work through um, different means like pen and ink or watercolor, um, managing um, ways that I could begin quick and clean up quick. So it, in my studio, I have like pockets of like piles of like pre-cut size paper that I could start on or, you know, a drawer that just already has a paint supplies ready to go. So I don't have to go look for things. So constantly just like moving things around to when, when I'm ready to go, I have, I could go without a lot of preparation. Um, so ma managing time, um, you know, more planning, using the downtime for that aspect of it. And then, um, I have to be better at it, but like scheduling time, you know, for yourself. Cause I find that there is time, right? I have to avoid watching Netflix maybe on like, <laughs> uh, you know, that one night that like I sit down and you watch Netflix for like an hour, maybe it could be, oh, I'm going to paint for an hour. So I, I think it will change too once, once the world opens up a little more that I, that has had a huge impact recently too. Um, going digital with teaching, it's taken up a lot of my time. So, um, I think one one good thing for me personally, not for the world, I think that fact that I'm so busy right now and uh, managing my time when everything kind of opens up again and things could go back to a much more manageable uh, state, I think I'll be able to look at time in a different way. Like, ooh, this time that I was like creating you Friday night, uh, maybe we'll end up being painting Friday night because, you know, I'll just replace it. If there was an exhibition of all of your work over mm -hmm. time, would the viewer um, see changes in your work before having kids, while having kids now? Do you know, do you think that there are changes that are perceptible to a viewer or is it mostly in your process or is that all the part, is that all how you evolve as an artist over time? Um. I think they'll be confused if they saw it. I think they'll see, you know, different <laughs> pockets of different things happening. Um, initially, as an educator, I thought I'm, I'm a painter first and educator second. So I was more focused on developing a body of work. And now I'm thinking of my education as part of my art. So the lesson plan I have is part of my art. So, you know, there's this time when it was just sort of these figurative work um, that I was trying to figure out in my early 20s, what is that going to be? And then once I had kids, they also noticed the subject matter has changed to painting adults to kids. And then, you know, most recently I did colorful paintings of dogs, um, <laughs> dog portraits and watercolor and colors that I never use because I'm, you know, I'm using the time now to explore new things. So I think, you know, 42 but i think i'm still trying to figure out you know where i want to go with things and it's kind of hard um with everything changing around you 
Um, so I, I think I'm getting the Instagram, Facebook impact on me where like I'm constantly like influenced by other things and changing things around. And fortunately I have the means to just practice my art without worrying about, you know, the finances because I'm an educator and I have that sort of comfort to explore different things throughout. Um, so I've been, I've been doing a lot of exploration. Um, so if I were to frame my exhibition too, now that I think about it, it probably will make sense in that they will see initially there are these like life-size portraits and then it became smaller as I was in New York in a smaller apartment. And then as I had kids, it became more about, you know, um, showing work about my family and now it's switching over to um, worldview and how can I educate through my art. And I'll probably frame it in that way where I'll have sketches or educational lesson plan framed as an art piece um, because that's the direction I'm changing into. Um, and, you know, and that purist idea of an artist is meant to be uh, one way or another, those kind of things I wouldn't have considered art. But I think art, um, in my personal opinion, because I think once you identify what art is, somebody's going to come and say, no, that could be this too. But in my personal opinion, um, I think anything could be art, right? You could split on, spit on the floor and call it performing arts. Mm -hmm. Does that mean it's great art? No, <laughs> you know, that's spit on the floor, but like, I'm not gonna argue against the fact that that's art. Uh, but I think to me, great art is something that you create and then it impacts another person's um, perspective point of view and it kind of changes that person in one way or another. And with that sort of definition of how I think about art, my educational pieces that I've used that are, you know, scatters of demonstration, I think has much more meaning than maybe a finished landscape that I might create that's just personal to me that might not have an impact on somebody else because they could look at, oh, this is a way, you know, um, uh, Joe is looking at this work and, you know, this has had an impact in the way that maybe I think about, I can make mistakes with work, but still present it. Um, so my, my viewpoint of what art is has, has changed. Um, and I think it's important for me as a educator, as a parent to kind of put that viewpoint out. You know, often um, I've heard, I read uh, comments by, you know, some artists that I respect or heard that like, you know, one, one comment I remember, I won't mention the name of the artist that I read it off of because I don't wanna um, make anybody sound bad, but it's like, walked into somebody's studio for a studio visit and he saw all these kids toys and he immediately knew that the art was you know not good but I think it was a little more colorful language <laughs> um and again I think it plays to that myth of what art is supposed to be like you know the starving artist or uh distressed artist and it, it's a narrow perspective and I've often read about you know artists being told by gallerists if you have a family your career is kind of, you know, over. And I think that's more of a um, development of um, th their financial needs, right? They need them to keep producing, to keep going. Um, but I, I think that that's a very limited, narrow view of what art is. And I, I don't think it necessarily needs to be um, in a museum to be great art. You know, there are plenty of artworks that impact society um, or just a small group of people in a profound way. And 
I, I became more about, um, I realized recently that I, I, I like impacting individuals in a profound way rather than um, just just making art and, you know, talking about how much it costs. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think this kind of podcast is really important. Um, I, I, th I think parents struggle in, in being artists and many, you know, different reasons um, to individual cases. And um, I, I think hearing others and hearing different perspectives about how people are making art and maybe not necessarily in that one narrow point of view, like the one that I had when I was younger, could open up so many doors and, you know, be able to share different ways of being creative. And I think it's really, really important in that. Um, so I'm glad to be a part of that uh, sharing. <laughs> I'm glad too. And I appreciate, and I'm sure your students appreciate you as a model of how that is possible, about how to sort of seamlessly integrate your art, your teaching, your family together. I, I hope so. I mean, that, that, that's the hope. Um, I, I, I'm at a boarding school now, teaching at a boarding school. And, um, and then it was right when I had my uh, first child. So I kind of made a decision that um, because they see me all the time on campus, it's like you're, you're in a, um, yeah, you're, you're living amongst, you know, students and other families that um, I will need to make make it a point to try to live the life life that I preached. I, I'm not always living by it, but as much as I can, you know, I, I often think about my decision as like, how, how would my kids see it or how, how would it impact the way the students see it? Um, and they might not even be there, but it, it kind of guides, guides my way of, um, you know, making decisions about art or your process. Um, we're just, you know, picking up trash when you're working, walking down the street. I'm like, okay, one good deed. <laughs> <laughs> and then maybe, maybe somebody will recognize it and do the same. Mm -hmm. Do you have any parenting hacks for us? Anything that makes your life easier or more fun? I think it makes it a lot more fun if you get the ki your kids, you know, especially early on to be like interested and excited and make it fun. The kind of work that you're doing and the kind of art that you enjoy then you could enjoy it together, you know, with your kids. So I was saying earlier that I took them to museums and maybe some of the work is not what I like, but getting them excited. For example, I show them ceramic stuff because they're doing like a ceramics club and they were really excited to see, you know, these different like interesting things and maybe some goofy sculptures and they, they wanted to go, go back and see those things. So it, it doesn't have to be exactly the same. I, I don't think you could push interest, but if you kind of find pockets of like, you know, excitement and um, the things that you're interested in that the kids are interested in, then you could kind of encourage that. And then that way, in the long run, you will start to probably be able to have conversations, enjoy similar things. So um, that's one thing uh, I found that worked for me. And I think every family is different. So I um, guess, you know, we're going to make mistakes. So just, you know, keep trying. And I think have fun with whatever you're doing with the, with the kids. There's like pre-kids and after kids. And I didn't understand this with other, other people had kids. But like 
<laughs> yeah, because it's like, oh, what's going yeah. on? Time moves in a different way. And I feel yeah. like, you know, um, the last 10 years has been more than half my life is the way I, I feel, although it's only been a third. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> like right now with the pandemic, we're all home and then they go out. And, um, you know, the things that I might have stopped them from doing, like, you know, the lake froze over this winter and they went there and they were like hitting it with a stick. Now I probably would have said, don't use a stick. It's dangerous. But like that sort of discovery of like nature and there are ways to, you know, creatively play and then discover new things. I, I think, you know, it's bringing back a lot of memory about, you know, back in the days when I could just run around and do, do those kind of things. And I think that's important. And I think it does relate to the art making process. Uh, self-discovery and um, creative playing or creative solutions. So, um, and yeah, and then and, and, and drawing too and painting, but um, I, I tend to look at it more like I'm educating them when they do art. Uh, that might be a fault, you know, <laughs> uh, because, you know, a lot of kids, they just do, do art, right? But I look at it and be like, oh, why don't we, you know, add, you know, watercolor to this? And <laughs> I might not direct them as much, but I give them color and then I show them how to mix colors. So, gosh, am I taking away some of their innocence in discovering color mixtures? I don't know. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> I think you're using your gifts as a parent. Yeah. That's what I think. I, I like that. I like that phrasing much better. <laughs> <laughs> so as we wrap up our time together... Um, is there anything that you're working on now or thinking about now that's really particularly close to your heart that we haven't talked about yet? I think there's a lot of thought process about what I want to do that's coming into play now, now that I'm seeing um, summer coming around the corner and then the vaccine being uh, put out there. I, I feel like the door is starting to open. So my focus um, shifted for a while um, to just teaching and I put a lot of stuff on hold. Um, so I'm starting to pull out some of my um, ideas and thinking about um, a larger watercolor piece that I've, I've never done uh, full sheet. I think it's like 24 by 36 inches or maybe even going back to a larger canvas, like one of those canvases that might be you know seven feet by six feet or something that you know there would be no practical place to put it but um I'm thinking about doing something like that and then um thinking about the past four years and just adding some of my thoughts into it and like personal symbols so you know people ask I could you know identify it but um um a work like that and um, so my work now is just like experimentation and sort of discovering new ways of doing things and collecting information. Um, but ma mainly, um, ma mainly as an artist who I am and, and some of the thoughts that I have on what we have been going through as a country. So it will be outdated. You know, um, one painting I was going to do was about um, just about a wall. Um, wall and people being around it but it's not you know like it's not like the wall as in terms of like the political wall the the border it's just uh like a stone wall 
And then I was going to, you know, have my kids and maybe a couple of things happening in there. Um, and I was just going to call it the wall. Um, then it's just sort of my personal reflection on, you know, many different layers of a wall, right? Border, wall with a zoom, <laughs> wall with a, <laughs> you know, divide in the country, kind of all putting that in there and just um, not pushing an idea on people, but just making sense out of things for me. Um, and what it means to be a parent and what it means, what I think it might mean for my kids and putting that in there. Um, so, you know, in some areas I, I have this little Lego piece of the Statue of Liberty that I thought I'd put in, you know, um, because I don't know, it's always been an important aspect of uh, sort of this idea of the melting pot. My patience with uh smartphone uh, has gotten so short that I want to just really fully dive into something that I might work on for months um, and then let it sit and see how I feel about it. And I think, um, yeah. And then trying new things. Um, I, I like my kids to see that I'm trying new things and I want my students to see that I'm trying new things. So, um, you know, Doing a large watercolor is a new thing. Um, I wanna try plein air painting. I'm a studio artist, so I don't paint outside. I've tried it a few times, you know, early on. I'll take my um, my son out for a stroller walk when he was like one. And then when he falls asleep, that was the spot I'll paint. So it was like a challenge, you know? Um, <laughs> so ma making it fun and challenging, I think, you know, gamifying your art, um, not, not like a video game, but I think that could be a good way back to that, you know, some advice about how you could approach your art, especially, you know, if time is limited, maybe take less, take the pressure off of you. You don't have to always make a masterpiece. You could just engage in the process and let the process speak for itself. From that, I, 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 I want to end with, um, I, I think for my kids and for my students and artists already know this, but um, I feel like um, all work that you make will get embedded into the work that you make next. So if you do something small, something that's not uh, artwork that you're proud about, something that you're experimenting with, I think that's okay. I think it's okay to let that, you know, just be what it is and then go to the next step. And it will be embedded, that mistake will be embedded into your next work. And you'll find a way to correct it or let that be part of your work. So. Um, just, just keep making, just keep being creative. Well, Joe Adachi, thank you so much for being with us today and sharing this conversation. Yeah, it was a pleasure. I, I feel like I sound like one of those NPR guests. It was a pleasure. Thank you for having me. <laughs> That's how we're trying to sound. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. We'll, we'll, we'll cut and retake. You can find some of Joe's work at joeadachi.com that's j-o-a-d-a-c-h-i dot com special thanks for this episode go to Spencer Letbeck and Sarah Adachi our music is by Scott Bratton Offspring, where parents get to make serious art, creatives get to be great parents, 
and everyone is both tired and loved. I'm Monica Flory, and I'll see you next time. Thank you.